when you start a YouTube channel, YouTube wants one thing and they want people to stay on the website for as long as possible. And if you're not serving that purpose, YouTube has no use for you and they will throw you away like garbage. Hey, I'm Fred. And I'm Ant. And this is Create a Generation. Create a Generation of Hype. All right, Frederico, what is happening this week? This week we're chatting with Corey Crater from Newscape Studios. Look, Ant, all I'm going to say about this one is if you want to know how to create a YouTube media empire, listen closely. Definitely. Corey has created more epic gaming YouTube channels than I can count. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Creator Generation. This week we are joined by Corey Crater. Corey, instead of me doing a dodgy introduction, (laughs) I've left it dangling. I haven't even said who you are or what you do other than your name. Maybe you can drop that for us. Yeah, sure. I'm uh, I'm Corey Crater, and I run Newscape Studios. I'm the CEO. Uh, started it way back in the day, and uh, now we're at around 20 YouTube channels uh, and 50 employees, growing every day. So <laughs> it's going well. Wow. Yeah, because the latest. It's funny. It must be growing really fast because the latest info I saw was like 10 YouTube channels and 30 employees. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's um. Yeah, yeah, it's grown crazy. That's big. It is. And that's big, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to wonder when it's going to get too big, um, but we'll see. We'll just wait and see. And to probably like, for, you know, people who are listening who would be thinking, you know, oh, what, like, what is this epic big machine? Is it, sol- like, like, to put it to bed, it's not this soulless sort of media empire that is just blood sucking on YouTube. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but like, you, you know, you, you're a creator that has built like this epic media company right like um i think that's what's you know i think that's important to put to bed straight away because it's kind of like you know you started as a solo creator yeah i mean i i started making minecraft videos um in my bedroom and then making (laughs) minecraft videos in my dorm room and then uh dropping out and making minecraft videos in seattle (laughs) (laughs) so like can we let's go let's go to that back in the day because I, I guess you know that's yeah. just the genesis story of, of of what you're doing now. Like what what got you making Minecraft videos and right? Well, I mean before before YouTube and Minecraft and any of that, I was uh, uh, it goes all the way back to playing way too much Halo Two when I was in fifth grade, and uh, I met a guy on in matchmaking who was like, "Hey, you want to make a machinima?" And I said, "What's a machinima?" And what's a mashigama? And uh, he uh, and he basically invited me, and I was helping him shoot videos. And then I bought a Dazzle 90 from Best Buy and started making my own Halo 2 videos. Obviously, being a kid, I was obsessed with Rooster Teeth and Red vs. Blue, like everyone who started making machinima, right? Um, and then from there, I actually got a machinima contract with the machinima company uh, in seventh grade. Um, and <laughs> yeah, so I started making like, uh, I was making call of duty videos to start, started making way too much money when I was a freshman in high school, uh, making modern warfare two videos. Um, and then, you know, that sort of just evolved into machinima realm and Minecraft and, and, uh, I was one of the OG Minecraft, uh, machinima makers, I guess. Um, yeah. For, all right, we're going to have to like, in- inform a few people on, on a couple of things what is like, machinima? If you're not in the, yeah like two <laughs> there's like the t- there's two questions of what is machinima with two different answers right, right? like yeah. so like maybe yeah like I'll, I'll ask it once and then i'll ask it again what is machinima and you can just choose which one you want to answer yeah so okay uh machinima actual machinima stands for machine cinema uh which is um basically making movies on video games uh you uh, way back in Halo 2, we used to find glitches to get the gun to fall out of your hand so that you could use your, your HUD as, you know, your, your shooting style. And then um, as time evolved, I mean, now with Fortnite, they have theater mode and they just give you the tools. It's, it's never been easier to make machinima. Um, but machinima, the, to answer what, what is machinima once more, um, machinima was uh, a company, an MCN, uh, that would uh, pull in small creators and... Uh, and I guess it's, it was a good way to get your videos exposed and out there. And before you could monetize your own stuff, it was really the only way to make money doing gaming videos. Um, but, you know, we've seen the fall of the MCN. It's not really necessary anymore. So Yeah. And, you know, they were, they were valued at many, many hundreds of millions of dollars bought by 
who was it? Warner, right. uh, and then collapsed. Um, but yeah. so they, so they were the ones who went. I mean, you're, you're like you said, you're a, a kid creating videos, making way, way too much money. Were they the ones hiring you and paying you? Is that they were the ones paying me too much money? Yeah. Um, well, they weren't paying me too much money, but I was making too much money for my own good for being like a 14 year old in high school. Um, like I remember, I posted a. 100 Ways to Die in Modern Warfare 2 and I would sneak out of class and go into the library and like be pulling up the video on YouTube and and that video made $10,000 for me in one video in in high school and I was like this is too much for a high schooler but um, it was definitely like the start of what ended up being it's been over 10 years of just um, and what was it back in high school what, what, what like that time obviously it was sort of the early days did your you know, friends knew, know what you were doing. It was funny. I was like embarrassed about it. Uh, cause I, I played <laughs> sports. I had like athletic friends and, uh, you know, I actually went to parties and did all that stuff <laughs> in high school. And, uh, this was sort of my like side hustle that no one knew about. So, um, I was actually like, which is such in hindsight, it's like ridiculous. I would be embarrassed about that because once it did come out when I was a senior and I was like almost going to graduate, I was like, Oh, by the way, I make tons of money making YouTube videos and people are like, what? You, <laughs> why do you tell us that's awesome? Like everyone thought it was awesome, pretty much universally. So I don't know what I was so embarrassed about. Like, um, but yeah, no, it, uh, it it had this like this flash in the pan when I was in uh, a freshman in high school, and then and then it kind of sizzled out, and that's why I went to college because you know you just don't want to rely on um, flaky money like that. Um, so I went to college, and I kept doing it on the side until. Eventually, Nick, who you guys have interviewed, SGC Barbarian, reached out to me and was like, hey, uh, you want to make these machinima cutscenes for my videos and I'll, you know, uh, shout you out and pay you for them and everything. And and uh, and that was how I got my foot in the door, essentially, with uh, professional YouTubers. Um, and that's how I met Scott as Minecraft. And then I dropped out and moved all the way across the country from New Hampshire to Washington State. Um, in like a week um, <laughs> uh, to go work at Sky Media. And that was really the start of it all. Yeah, right. I mean, at, this, at the time, were you still in college? Were you, were you doing that or had you paused? Yeah, uh, I, it was like summer break between like, so I had just finished my sophomore year. And in the summer I was living in a house, a party house with all my friends and everything. And, uh, and you know, they'd be drinking vodka Red Bull behind me as I'm editing these Minecraft cutscenes and stuff. and. I take beer pong breaks or whatever, but it was funny. Like I, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like, uh, trying to live the college life while also like, like working to the bone on, on these videos. Like I made sure every video was the best video I'd ever made. Um, cause I had waited so long for another opportunity to arise. I was like, I'm not going to let this go. So I just put my all into that project and that's how I got the job. And and really how uh, my channel actually blew up. Like, you know, back in the day, I thought the 20,000 subscribers was something to be, you know, super proud of. Not to say it's not, but like, then all of a sudden, Sky's Minecraft shouts me out one time and I get 100,000 subscribers overnight. And it's like, oh, okay. So so at the same time as working on, on these other creators' channels and their videos, you're also making your own on your own channel. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I tried that for a while. Um, the videos on my channel, it was monetized. I was making like, you know, maybe like, I don't know, thousand dollars a month. Um, and then, uh, with Adam though, I was making a lot more money. Um, so I kind of just ended up giving up on my channel to work because I, they were giving me so much work. I was like, okay, you know what? I might as well take the route of making the money. So I was making all these machinima cutscenes. This was back when Minecraft roleplay was the pinnacle Minecraft. Um, and yeah, and then I signed a talent agreement, and essentially I got to, you know, get shoutouts on my channel, start working on my own series on my channel, um, and that only lasted a while before I ended up like it just wasn't like the right fit for me at that company, so I just ended up leaving and pursuing it on my own. Well, yeah, let's, yeah, that's a lovely segue, the old school segue. Now that you mentioned going out on your own, so like, what was that? Like, what was that like? You know, you've gone from working with other people. What? You know, what made you, you know, you said there wasn't a right fit, but like, what were you thinking when you went, okay, I'm going to do this myself. And it's, there's not like maybe the, the paycheck, uh, the like clarity, I guess. Well, basically, um, what ended up happening was my channel, you know, I still got the shout outs and everything and I was able to keep my channel 
um, when I ended up leaving. So I thought, okay, well, there's going to be, you know, a pretty good uh, payday at the end of all this. Um, but machinima speak of, you know, the not the machinima uh, that uh, you make, but the machinima that takes your money. Uh, <laughs> they got pretty liberal about taking my money. So I was actually wasn't going to get any money pretty much um, because they had me on that old – it was this old contract uh, where essentially – you don't get paid for mobile views, which is like half of your money. So, like, so I was, so yeah, it was. Oh man, it was wow. so funny. I don't. Yeah, um, Nick helped me get out of that one. By the way, um, I don't know if he wants me to tell that story because, like, we kind of finesse them a little bit. But uh, you know, uh, <laughs> right. but yeah, uh, basically, I got a better. Yeah, I got a better contract at the end of the day. Um, we did a lot of back and forth on it until eventually, you know, we came to a good agreement, and then. I uh, I was stuck with Machinima though. I was stuck in a lock-in contract with them for almost ten years. Um, wow! Wow! Yeah. So how did so you you had to honor that for ten years, or how did you spin off your own company and do Machinima at the same time? So for a long time, even with my company, I was still contracted with Machinima. So, um, that was I mean it was fine. You know the the agreement was okay. Um, um, but man, was it nice moving on from working with an MCN to, you know, having just AdSense and you can manage your own money and everything. And you don't have to wait three months to get paid. You can get paid the month after you make the money, you know? Um, but yeah, so just to give the rundown, basically what happened was, uh, I moved back to, I, I literally, I was like out of money by the time I bought my plane ticket from Seattle to go back home. And I just moved back in with my parents. And, uh, and I'm working out of my bedroom I grew up in, <laughs> and I'm making these uh, these Minecraft role plays. And it got to the point where I was making like $50,000 a month um, just working, doing my own thing out of my bedroom. And I started working with Semaphore. I'm sure you guys have heard of them. Um, and so Mike, the CEO of Semaphore, I was talking to him, and he was saying, well, you got to spend some money. And I was like, what do, what do you mean? I mean, I... I don't need to spend money. I'm, I'm totally, I'm saving up for retirement at 30. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, no, you gotta, you gotta spend, uh, uh, what do you say? Like $20,000 or something, um, before the end of the year, you're going to get taxed more, which is like, it was this new concept to me that you need to spend money to make money. Right. <laughs> um, so I was like, I don't even know what I would spend money on. And he was like, well, buy some equipment, hire some editors and get an office. And little did I know he tricked me into starting a company. And uh, that was really the fruition of the whole thing. Um, so I hired uh, a couple editors and I got this little uh, cheap studio in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire. Uh, and that's how the whole thing got started. And eventually I, I hired my core team. It took a long time to hire the core team. But once you have that team together, then the sky is the limit, right? So, um, that took a little, you know, bringing people in, no, they're not the right fit for this and whatever. And then mm. once I had like four people who were just perfect for the job, uh, we realized we can't do this in New Hampshire. We have to, we have to move. So that's when we decided on Austin, Texas mm. and we moved down there. And in one year we went from, uh, four employees to 25. And then in another year, now we're approaching 60, actually. We're over 50. We, we just hired four animators yesterday. Um, so, like, it's like we're having trouble keeping up. Because you said, like, once you got that core team, the sky's the limit. Like, what was, what, what does that mean? And who is this core team that, of rock stars that you put together? Like, well, you, know, I mean, you, don't, you don't have to name check them. Yeah. But like, what does that mean? Like, oh, I will. I mean, like. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I mean, uh, I, please do. I hired, I, hired two, I hired two editors. Um, one didn't work out because he was always skipping out of work and stuff. Um, but one, you know, who I actually thought was the weaker of the two editors, believe it or not. Uh, you know, it just turned out he was like a fantastic editor. All he had to do was just um, get a accustomed to the style and, and just grow with the company. And he's my COO now. I could, I could not do this company without him. He's like an absolute rock star. Uh, his name's Kay. Uh, and then we made some hires and some of them worked, some of them didn't work, you know, and over time, um, and eventually, uh, a guy who, uh, used to buy me beer in college, uh, ended up, uh, <laughs> ended up being my next editor hire. His name is Joe. 
And now he uh, he's sort of uh, the uh, he heads the branch here in Denver because we have two branches. Um, and so he was the second one um, of the core team. And then uh, my girlfriend Bree, she runs all of our merchandise in house. Um, huh? And yeah, so she she's the third one. And uh, and then last is Ryan, who like took the longest for us to get. It was like for a long time we were trying to find the right people. Um, I was shooting all the machinimas while running the show, you know, um, for a, for a long time. But eventually it was like, Hey, you need to stop shooting these and hire someone to shoot these. It takes you all day. And so that's how I hired Ryan as like a machinima shooter. And he's like an actual professional voice actor too. Um, he can do tons of, he voices like almost all of our characters. Um, so I was like, okay, great. Like this is like the all-star machinima team. Um, which is all we were planning on doing at the time. So we all uh, decided to move to Texas together after Brian had been working for us for like maybe a few months. And we just had to make the call, right? Like, it's like, you can't grow a media company in New Hampshire. I mean, how are we going to do this? That's why it was so hard to hire in the first place. So you moved from New Hampshire to Texas um, and everything sort of sort of exploded from there. Now, a lot of, uh, I guess, people who aspire to be YouTube creators, think like, I'd love to be like this huge creator with a big team and, you know, lots of channels and, you know, really killing it. So tell us about that process. How did it go from that core team of, of guns all the way up to where you are right now? Yeah, I think it, it, it always starts, you know, just on a smaller level. Um, you know, before you think about owning a YouTube studio, you should think about starting your first channel and then, take it from there. Right. But, um, I can get into like pivoting and, and, uh, you know, working those laterals and stuff later. But, um, as far as the Texas question goes, yeah, we moved down to Texas and, uh, we were feeling really good because Fortnite had blown up for us. Um, prior to this, I'm telling you, there's like so much stuff that happens on a day to day basis. But, um, in New Hampshire, we got absolutely annihilated by the adpocalypse and demonetization and everything when that hit. And uh, we almost had to shut the doors a few times. I had to go tell the guys, hey, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay you on time. Uh, so if you don't want to work for me anymore, like, I completely understand. And uh, they were like, nope, we'll stick around and we'll wait it out. And uh, so that's that was one way to know this is, okay, this is the team, you know. <laughs> um, so anyway, we all go down to Texas. And uh, now that Fortnite blew up for us, which saved us from dying Minecraft at the time, um, we had a couple Fortnite channels. I think we were on two channels at that point and uh, we were making good money and especially for four people. So we went down to Texas and uh, put out some ads and got tons of applications. Um, Austin was just like the place people would go uh, if they were into animation, machinima, gaming because Rooster Teeth is there and everyone's dream was to work for Rooster Teeth. So we were sort of the backup plan um, when, when that dream didn't work out. So we ended up making quite a few hires. Um, we, we dipped our toes into live action. Um, we started a channel we called Newscape Studios, which has been rebranded to Battle Blasters because the name of the company is not what I want to be a Nerf channel. Um, but yeah, we made a bunch of Nerf videos and would run around the office shooting each other with foam darts. Um, it was actually a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> And we started some more Fortnite channels and then some more Fortnite channels. And eventually we had Newscape Pro 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and Newscape Games, all Fortnite channels. Um, and then from there, that is when we started. This is right before COVID hit. We started SCP Animated, which was our first animation channel. And uh, we actually hired uh, someone as an intern Um just like a production intern and we hired him because we were like, Oh, like his art is really good. And you know, maybe if we ever want to start that animation channel, we've been talking about, he can do that. So he was like taking out the trash and stuff. And now he's my like head animator. Um, <laughs> on the team. but, uh, so yeah, he, uh, he basically was doing the whole SCP animated channel by himself. And then we were like, well, we could up the production quality a bit. And we hired another animator. And then a few months later, another, and then we made an SCP card game and hired an illustrator who ended up working on the channel. And man, it just goes on and on, honestly. Um, and then from there, that's when, what our real big moment was when we started Game Tunes, uh, because I never ever saw views like that ever. You know, we had Fortnite videos with tens of millions of views, 
but we never had a video with 50 million views, you know. Um, and GameTunes really changed the game for us. Um, we started a spinoff, GameTunes Music, um, and then we started GameTunes Gaming, and everything's just a hit with that channel. I mean, those characters, uh, we were afraid we were going to get, like, pigeonholed in Among Us, but we actually posted, like, Minecraft Logic and... We just posted Roblox Logic. We posted Friday Night Funkin' Logic, and they all make millions of views. So people just love the characters. So maybe like just for those who haven't seen it, like how would you explain Game Tunes? Yeah, Game Tunes started out as um, well. It started out as just like let's make some parodies of cartoons or something. So we did uh, Fall Guys Logic because that was the big game at the time, and it blew up for us. One of them made six million, and one of them made twelve, I think, uh, without me double checking. Um, and then, and then that's when Among Us came out. We were like, okay, never mind, new big game. And so we did Among Us, and that's when it just was insane. Like uh, 20 million views, 50 million, 30 million, 20 million, like just making tens of millions of views of video. And it just was exponentially growing as we went. Um, and the characters, honestly, the character ensemble in that is just fantastic. Uh, Kay wrote that series, and it has, like, the main character player, who's the noob who can't win any games. He sucks. Um, and then there's a bunch of trope-type characters. There's, like, Captain, who's a dunce who thinks he's, like, the pilot of the ship. There's the gentleman, who's uh, sort of this uh, old-fashioned-type guy. There's Mr. Cheese, who I play, and he's... Uh, just an idiot sociopath pretty much. Uh, <laughs> so there's like a lot of like good characters in it. And I think that was sort of a realization to us. Like, Oh, like, like creating good characters is really important, you know? Um, so those characters ended up on game teams, music and game teams, gaming and, and the, the, the people who follow just like, will go and, and they'll watch all the videos and draw fan art and they, they love it. So. And do you think that's because of, just this epic characters like what what do you think that's making it so much more successful well i mean i'm sure a lot of it has to do with you know like like any success from youtube usually it starts with trend jacking right so you take a viral game or a viral concept or in most cases both and um create something that people are going to click on because you need that uh, initial drive and then and then the important thing now though is um since the algorithm's not all ctr focused anymore now you know, actual quality matters, which is fantastic because we actually try to make quality stuff. Um, mm. Now that clickbait's gone, if once people click on our videos, uh, they stick around and they watch them and they come back for more and YouTube shows some more. So I think honestly, like, you know, if you were to ask me, I'm sure you've had plenty of people on here who say the same thing, which is that, you know, CTR and watch time and AVD, that's, that's the whole thing. And, uh, and you know when you say it like that, it sounds really simple, but um, it really it really is the whole thing. And then there's a million elements that go into those things, you know. Yeah, I mean, we were, we were chatting to Todd, who runs the you know discovery team at YouTube, and he basically said like, if you think about it, if someone watches one of your videos like all the way through and stays to watch another one of your videos all the way through, like that's how good a, a, a signal is that really, right? It just shows yeah. that there's value and that you know people are enjoying what they're watching. I've said this once, and I'll say it a million times. Uh, it has never been easier to start a YouTube channel and and blow up. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's never been easier because at, at once upon a time, you could create awesome content, but if you didn't get pushed by somebody or you weren't with an MCN, too bad. Like you're, you're out of luck. But now you can literally, I kid you not, you can start a Minecraft channel today and if you do everything right, you don't even need anything. Like you could just blow up overnight. Like as long as you do all the elements correctly, which you won't if you've never done it before, but <laughs> but in theory, if you did, yeah. you could just like YouTube will do the rest of the work for you. Yeah, and it's funny because so many new creators like it's one question we get asked all the time. It's like, oh, is it is it too, am I too late? Is it too late to get into it? And we're like, this is really like, there is there is literally no better time than right now, right? With and 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 the system wants new creators, right? It doesn't want stale old you know, creators creating the same thing. They want new voices. They want new content. Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is it's kind of sad in a way too, because I see it happen a lot. Um, and it happens with my channels too. I mean, if you don't learn to pivot on YouTube, you're done. Mm. Like don't drop out of school because you started a YouTube channel and you're making 10 million views a video. Like that's not enough actually, because well, first of all, if you're making 10 million views a video and you're not incorporated, you're going to get all your money taxed away. And then, and then when that trend dies, 
your YouTube channel is going to die with it. And if you don't actually know how to start a YouTube channel, then that's it. You just got lucky. You know, you were a flash in the pan and it's over. So the most important thing you can learn, which is what I learned the hard way. I almost, I almost, like I said, the doors almost closed when we weren't making enough money on Minecraft. And then we, we were like, mm, let's do a Fortnite mission. My channel, just try it out. <laughs> like, and right mm-hmm. in the nick of time, Fortnite came out with the, uh, the theater mode. Um, I forget what it's called, but it's like the, the it's like the halo theater mode where you can just fly around free cam and do whatever. We were like, okay, that's it. We got to start a machinima channel on Fortnite, and we did it and it just blew up for us. And we were like, okay, I never want to get that close to failure ever again. So, um, that was the biggest lesson. Like, always pivot and maybe I took it too far starting like 18 YouTube channels, but you know, <laughs> like we're always, we're always pivoting and looking for like new directions to grow in. Like, in fact, I'm looking to pivot outside this network entirely. I mean, we're talking about starting IP and pitching it to networks like uh, streaming services because I want my money, uh, the company's money to come from somewhere other than just YouTube because YouTube can just take it all away overnight. And that, that, that's a good point. That's something I wanted to ask about. It was like the whole monetization model and revenue model for longevity, right? If you want to create like a, a media empire, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and obviously it, it can be – and I, I guess a lot of people think of YouTube ad revenue is, is very alluring because it is one of the easiest ones to put in place to start with. Not that it – you know, especially with new creators, it doesn't earn you a lot, but once you're established, it can do really well. But still depending solely on that, then you, you know, you're – you're also, you're also depending on you're you're at the will of what the CPM is and yeah and I don't some of my channels I have twelve dollar uh, RPMs and some mm. of my channels I have three cent RPMs so <laughs> I, you know depending <laughs> on what that's a that's a wild range like the three cent one I knew that it's a shorts channel right but like but it, it can be like a pretty wild range I mean like Game Tunes makes half the RPM that SCP Animated makes and it's like why? I don't, I don't know. They don't explain it to me. <laughs> like they don't tell me how, what type of channel I should make to get a higher RPM. But so you're kind of like, you're kind of, uh, at the will of YouTube. Um, they, they decide your fate <laughs> at the end of the day. Which, and it sounds like, you know, you were thinking about this pretty early on. You, 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 you know, you mentioned your girlfriend was part of that core team with your own merch. Like, is that, was that something that obviously you learned the hard way with Adpocalypse, but was that then one of the, the things you, spun up pretty quickly as in response to that? Well, merch has never been something that has made enough money to pay for everybody. Um, you know, now we, we have, you know, I mean, just to throw a figure, like, I think the most we ever made in a month off merch was 20 grand and that was a great month, you know? Um, but at the same time, like the amount of channels, the amount of employees, the amount of push for merch, you know, it's not like if our, if our revenue was taken away, merch would have covered even a fraction of that, you know, merch pays for itself and a little more. So it's great. Yep. Um, and, and we cut out the middleman with the whole teespring and all that stuff, like taking 40% or whatever they take from you. No, we just do it all ourselves. Like we do it all right here in Denver. Um, and my girlfriend is fantastic at it. She loves making it, uh, personalized where, you know, you don't feel like you're getting something from some huge store. You're getting something from Newscape, the team. Like there's like a little thank you card and like we try to get quality merch rather than uh, whatever's the cheapest type of t-shirt. So yeah, I mean like, and I think that goes a long way because we have a lot of frequent shoppers. People come back for more, they leave good ratings. Um, so I, I would suggest if someone was at that size where it's possible to just run your own merch team. That's good advice. Does, does that, does that, is that sort of easier said than done. Like what? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's a lot of space that you need to like, we have like boxes up to the ceiling everywhere all the time. Like, so, uh, I have right now I have three offices. I rent one in Austin, um, which is like 3000 square feet. And that was pretty good for merch because it was like, uh, it was flex space where, you know, half of it was warehouse, half of it was like actual office offices. And so we could just like, just stack those boxes of merch to the ceiling if we needed to. But now we're in this like kind of like bougie, uh, like like on the top floor of some uh, place down in Denver Tech Center, and uh, it's not made for merch, but it was like really the best op- option I could find when I got here. And we were like, we need an office now, um, so like we're paying way too much for like a merch office here. And then I just closed on a building down there too, um, which is where you know we're having the TI done right now, so. Uh, they're tearing down walls and 
<laughs> doing everything we need to get it ready for moving in August. So yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, and uh, the merch is going to be much more suited there. We'll have more space for it. But right now it's like you can't even walk around in the office like because there's just boxes everywhere. So, yeah, you do. There, there is definitely that's a later. Let's let's talk about, you know, starting a YouTube studio. I mean, merch comes down the road. Uh, yeah. You know, what you start with is your channel. And I guess uh, making sure that you're hitting your marks, which is CTR and ABD and uh, one thing you can do, and I think it's the best thing you can do if you're trying to expand to more channels, is start another channel that is close enough in relation to your first one where you could push people and they would be just as interested in watching this other content. There's like a very fine line, right? Because, because we were trying to push Minecraft to Fortnite and they were like, I hate you. Fortnite ruined everything. <laughs> like Minecraft kids just don't like Fortnite, I guess. Um, it was just like 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 12 year olds and eight year olds fighting like the whole time. Um, but yeah, uh, if you, there's a very fine line, right? So with game tunes, for example, we were easily able to push, uh, game tunes music, which is just game tunes, but spelled game T U N E S very clever. Um, so we were, <laughs> we were able to push that and uh, super easy push because everyone's like, well, I love these characters. It's among us. I love among us and it's cool music. I get to game to when I play among us. So, Easy hit. Something that's not as easy as if you took like game tunes and tried pushing SCP animated with it, um, because that demographic is literally adults. Um, we have tons of adults watching that. We get more brand deals because we have good ROI on that channel. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's two sided. You know, like we have yeah. better. Uh, I'm pretty sure we have a better CPM on that channel because they know it's an older demographic that watches it, so they're willing to pay more for ads. Um, so, but if I tried pushing game tunes over there, what we would see is my CTR would be abysmal. And, um, those who did click wouldn't watch any of the video and they'd absolutely destroy that channel. So you got to know how to accurately push. And if you can't push, then let the algorithm do everything for you and just make really good videos. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I was watching a bunch of like, I was looking through all the, the Fortnite channels you've got and I was watching them and I'm, I'm, I'm not a Fortnite player. I'm, I'm not, but uh, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time watching all, and I was watching them all. I'm like, I really wanted to ask, like, like, and you've you've already answered it, but it's like, what, like, because to me, from like, from my perspective of the outside looking in and watching all these Fortnite videos on different channels, I'm like, why are they on different channels? But the, the subtlety of difference of the format was was quite like the subtly different formats and and ways of you you know you guys putting those videos together. Right. Now that you've said like they've got to be very closely aligned, but subtly different that. Um, makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, I can totally explain that. Um, and I don't even know if it's still applicable because um, the way YouTube runs the site or Google runs the site changes all the time. So I don't. Maybe I could post six times a week now on one of them, and it would work out. But when we did that, when we made that decision, um, basically what we were seeing is uh, we were posting three times a week, uh, and then we went up to four, and then we went up to five, and we noticed with four and five uploads a week our revenue wasn't changing. It was like kind of like our views sort of just dipped and then like it just leveled out. So we were like, okay, so if we upload, we're making millions of views. Why is it if we upload more than three times, all of a sudden our views dip and it was like, they're maxing us out or something at three. Like all they want from this channel is three videos a week and that's all they're gonna show to people is the three a week or else they're just gonna like kind of equally disperse that. So we were like, well, screw that. We're going to start another Fortnite channel, push everyone there, and then upload three a week there too. And it sure enough worked out. Like we just were making equal money on two Fortnite Shorts channels. And uh, now both of them are like over 2 million subscribers. Um, they're pretty much on pace all the time with each other. Um, and then we also started a mini games channel, Newscape Pro 2, and did the same thing. Three videos a week. And then we made Newscape Pro 4 where we post it's the most confusing system because of the way it worked out where it's like, yeah, yeah. One in three is the shorts and two and four is the mini games. Easy, right? Um, <laughs> so, so two and four, same thing. Like they're pretty much always on pace with each other and three videos a week is sort of that sweet spot. I'm not saying that's the case for every YouTube channel. Cause it's not, you see channels all the time where they post daily and they're crushing it. Mm -hmm. Um, but what YouTube, uh, deemed best for our channels was three a week. So we kind of just, we, we just adapted to what YouTube wanted, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah. 
And speaking of what YouTube wants, you know, like people get too obsessed with this idea of like, you know, it wants it, channels need more subscribers. What do you think is the value of a subscriber now? Like, what does it really mean nowadays? Yeah, I mean, it's a great it's a great way to get everyone to hate you um, <laughs> by saying this, but like subscribers don't matter at all. Like, they, they matter to me. It's like a flex. I feel good. We, hey, we hit a million. That's another plaque. Let's throw it up on the wall, baby. Like, that's it. But like, if, if we're talking about like actual like trends, like translating to dollars, subscribers don't mean anything. Like, you could you could have a very very small base audience, like let's say a thousand subscribers, and you could make a video that hits ten million views just by doing the right video. And I see it all the time. Look at some of these like Minecraft hundred day videos. Like I survived a hundred days of Minecraft. I saw a channel that has like three uploads, two of them with like a thousand views. And then one that has like 8 million views now. <laughs> it's just like, it's never been easier. And if he just does more of those, he just made a YouTube career happen. Uh, you know, I think I was saying this to Ant or someone the other day that, um, I watch, I've been watching this channel for a whole year and I just realized only other, I'm not a subscriber, but it still served to me. Like at, at my top of my, you know, top of my list. It's like, YouTube knows what you want. Yeah. So this More the idea than you of this, know what you want. <laughs> exactly. It's spooky. We tell people that, right? You know, you know yeah. if you're suggesting something to you, have a look at why it's doing that. It might think there's some reason why you like it. So give it a go and, and see what you reckon. Yeah. And, uh, and what, there is one constant uh, across the entire platform. Uh, when you start a YouTube channel, YouTube wants one thing and they want people to stay on the website for as long as possible. And if you're not serving that purpose... YouTube has no use for you and they will throw you away like garbage. <laughs> so it, you need to serve that purpose, right? You need to make videos that they're, you know, uh, that are getting really long watch time. So people stay longer and they watch more ads and then mm. Google makes more money. So what, what they found is the best formula for that is these channels that do one thing and they do that thing better than everybody else. And they do it as long as that trend lasts until it's dead. And then the channel dies. Unless you're like clever enough to find a way to pivot, um, which is al almost like impossible sometimes. Like there are channels I have where I'm just like, all right, well, this ran its course. This is over. Half my channels that I've started are no longer running because they ran its course and now it's over. And it's like a TV series that ran its course and now it's over. Then you move on to the next one. It's like, good. It's good you say that because um, I think people mistake uh, like a YouTube channel, like a TV channel. Where, oh, let's put a lot of variety. But really, what you're almost explaining is like a, a YouTube channel is like is like a show, isn't it? Yeah, and if you're going to start another show, you might as well start another YouTube channel exactly. because uh, if there's anything like polarizing your audience, you made a big mistake. Like your audience <laughs> should like unanimously want to click on all of your videos, which is why it's so great to like be talent or be a, a personality because they click for you and you're not going anywhere. But if you do something that's like a trend and they don't care about who you are, then once the trend's over, you're over. So like, you know, with us, we do a lot of, we do some, like we barely have any personality based channels. In fact, now I'm thinking about, it, I don't, I think the closest thing to personality based channels we have is game tunes, um, which is still characters at the end of the day. Um, but people love those characters so much. I think it's almost like personalities where they're, that's the reason why we, we made, we took a serious gamble and we did a ton of among us logics in a row, like 30. And they were like, let's try Minecraft logic and see if it works. And we posted it and it made like a third of the views of among us logic. And we're like, Oh, private the video. Like I can't, I can't do this. And so we, because we didn't want brands to look at it and think like, Oh, like, now it's not worth as much money. You were making 10 million mm. views and this one made 800,000, you know? Um, so basically what we ended up doing was trying, like made it public again, like, eh, screw it. We'll just make it public again. And then it picked up like over time, like it ended up making like 2 million views. And now we have Wednesday uploads, which is any other game than among us. And then Saturday uploads are among us. But the one constant is we always have the game tunes characters in everything. And they're wearing at least like player always wears his red beanie. Like he's in, mm. he's in Friday Night Funkin' wearing his red beanie. He's in Roblox wearing his red beanie and he's player and he's the main character. So mm. any game where we can't do that, might as well not post it because kids are watching all of them because they love the characters. And that's maybe the best thing we've ever done because that channel, knock on wood, I don't think is going anywhere. Um, yeah. But some like channels come and go. Like uh, we, we, see a trend pop up and we're like, yeah, it's worth it. 
And we know it's going to die once the trend's over, though. Well, I was just going to say, do you think that maybe is a different mindset for like where you are as like thinking as a as a company rather than an individual creator? Because like when you're creating your own channel, this so much of yourself in that right like as a you know your passion as a creator your passion right. to your community and the content you're creating is so close to you do you think you can be a bit like is that a different mindset that you guys have got compared to what a solo creator might have oh it's definitely i mean like i'm i'm colder than most youtubers for sure but uh, you you can call it cold but it's really just being objective like are we doing this as a business or are we doing this are we doing this as someone who's just super passionate about youtube because if you're super passionate about YouTube and all you care about is your 10,000 subscribers, that's great. Like do your thing, but don't ever expect to make a ton of money because that's not how that works. You have to make sacrifices to make money. Like there are, there are series I loved that I was like, pull the plug, man. Like it's over. Like we got it. We give it a sweet finale and it's over. Like, but you got to know when it's over. And, uh, and a lot of people like they, they treat their channel like their baby, but it's like, if you want to get to the point where you're like running a studio with 18 channels, you, you can't be treating one channel like it's that special. Like, mm. don't get me wrong. I mean, there are channels that are worth more than all of my channels combined. Like if you look at some of these, like, I mean, if you look at some of these huge content creators, like, yeah, sure. That's worth more than all my channels. But at the same time, I mean, I, I've just grown to let certain things go. I've gotten plenty of hate. You know, you, the, your audience will turn on you uh, just like that if if you drop a channel. But I've always done my best to explain, like, hey, guys, like, you know, we just couldn't afford to do this anymore. Thanks for watching. Yeah. Um, and you said passion. I mean, we, we, talked, we talked about that. I mean, you mentioned before specifically that you haven't opened Fortnite in two years. Is that right? I mean, yeah. So I started shooting all the Fortnite videos and I was I was like the main character. I played this like goofy guy. He was like a noob named Steve. And he, he would talk like this, like, you know, he was just like this noob character. And, uh, and then like some new seasons of Fortnite came out and I hired Ryan and he was shooting the Fortnite videos and it was still like Steve. And then my girlfriend played Sunstrider and, and Kay played Rachel five, who was the most annoying character ever. And like, and then the new season came out and there were all these awesome characters that it was all anyone cared about, like ice King and fire King and all these like really epic characters so we basically did what Red versus Blue did, which is where it was funny and and haha goofing around the whole time, and then oh well, let's like turn it to drama now, and that's what we did with Fortnite, and we turned it into a drama series, and the everyone watching just loved it. Like our views that season with the Ice King, it, it went from like oh you're making like a hundred thousand to three hundred thousand views a video to here's ten million views a video. Like so. And then my character was gone forever. Everyone was like, where'd Steve go? And it's like, doesn't matter. No one cares. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like three people were like, where's Steve? You know? Train, are you still passionate though about gaming generally now that you make so much yeah. content around it? Yeah. The, no, the reason I say I don't open Fortnite is because, well, one, I, uh, I'm bored of Fortnite. I barely ever was into Fortnite to begin with. It wasn't my game. You know, the whole time Fortnite was a thing. I was playing way too much PUBG. Um, <laughs> that was my passion for gaming. Currently, I don't game. Um, too too addictive to me, honestly. Like, I was wasting so much time on Warzone; it was like unhealthy. Um, so I, I uninstalled all of it. I'm like, now if I'm if I'm if I wanted to play a video game, if I was going to play a video game, I just read a book now, and it helps me with like writing and being creative and you know thinking bigger picture stuff. So that's what I do now. Very interesting. <laughs> hey, um, going full circle yeah. about the uh, killing off channels and series and things like that. Like full circle back to yeah. to Nick to SGC Barbarian, but the crafting dead mm -hmm. like is just yeah, it, I, was on it, that. I don't know <laughs> if you still get the comments, but like on our interview with him, it's just like ask Nick when is he going to finish the yeah. crafting dead? Can we just have one episode? Where is it? I, Where oh, is I it? Can and answer I, that. And Never. we get <laughs> so many comments about that. It's ridiculous for yeah. that interview. And I sent him a message. I'm like, hey man, just like to so say you know, like everyone's just hounding us for, for crafting it. He's like, I know, I know. Well, if those are the people watching. If those are the people watching, get ready for people calling me a sellout in the comments. Cause like my Minecraft fans hate me now. Like, so I guess they're not my fans anymore, but like they really did not like, like it, it depends on how hardcore your audience is. Right. Cause like one of the most hardcore audiences I had was like the ones who came over from Adam at the beginning and watched the Minecraft undertale stuff and all, and all those videos we made, which is like some of my worst content ever, like, 
objectively my worst content ever. But there are people who still say, like, that was your best work. Like, why don't you re-upload it and all this stuff? I deleted it because I didn't like it. And I just wanted to get re- – I wanted to remove it from existence. Like, I really didn't like it. Um, and it wasn't making money anymore. And maybe I should have kept it up. Like, there were a lot of people who were like, that was my childhood. And I was like, yeah, but, like, it's my life and it kind of, like, doesn't look great. Like – you know, mine, Minecraft, who's your daddy and stuff. I'm like, I don't want to pretend to role play, be a baby. Like, <laughs> you know, so like, that's the sort of stuff you do, like to get your foot in the door, I guess. Like that was like how it works at first, but it's, it's come a long way. Um, and, uh, we make better content than we've ever made. Like every week we improve our content. Like if you, if you look at our SCP animated page, for example, like, and watch the first episode and then watch the most recent one, it's like, it's insane. You yeah, I like that. the same people who are making it. Not to like boast. I'm not even the one who animates it. It's just the animators who are doing a good job. <laughs> but I like that. That's like underpins everything. You, it sounds like from day dot, right? Like you mentioned it when you were a kid, um, you know, making content for, for back in the day. And right to now, you're always looking to make the best possible content for the audience. Like I think that's a, like that clearly underpins yeah. the success at, uh, uh, over the years. So. Even going back to what you were saying about um, Nick and the Crafting Dead, I was getting the same thing with the Minecraft Undertale stuff where like still to this day, I get people who like message me and it's like, dude, it's been like five years. It's been six years since I made that series. Like we have plenty of content. It's just like some people like get really attached to a series and you can't really blame them for that. Like if it, especially if it was your childhood or it's nostalgic, right? Like if somehow like if somehow goosebumps from the nineties disappeared, like I would be heartbroken because that was my childhood and I loved that. So like, I totally understand. Um, yeah, but at the same time, like people, everyone across the board needs to get on the same level here when it's over, it's over. Like any series that goes too long just turns to crap. I mean, that's just how it, that's just how it is anyway. Once the story yeah. is told it's over until, until just to date this podcast, Really, until just like Friends, you do a reunion <laughs> episode where you get right, the yeah, entire exactly. cast of... I just saw that the other day. <laughs> I saw like an ad for it on my Instagram. They must have shown it to everybody. I've never watched Friends. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So like in five years time, we'll get to see like a Crafting Dead uh, anniversary special and then... Did Nick tell you that? Because I don't think he would have said that, did he? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm just announcing it here. And then for every show that you've ever buried, um, Corey, Nick, you can Nick do. Is the a... first person I've ever met who, who actually like prefers to like work for other YouTubers than do his own channel. Like Nick could, could blow up. He could be like me. Like he could have like a company with like 20 YouTube channels. I mean, he, he has the ability to do that. He just knows how to blow up channels, like super great insight. But, um, he just chose to take this path. He loves learning more about other people's channels. So he, that's why we're contracting him right now. He's like, cool, like 18 channels. Let's go. Let's see if we can optimize all of them, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a, it, but the, the hard thing is like when you're hiring, like, like, uh, I've been advised like a million times, like you got to hire somebody who's like, who's just scraping YouTube all day and like pulling up content and, finding the right content because you're too busy you can't be doing it and it's impossible you can't make that higher like the the only thing you can do is bring someone on they might as well be anybody on earth who's like willing to learn and teach them everything about youtube from the ground up because anyone who actually knows a thing about youtube is already doing it like i think there's like three exceptions like maybe like patty galloway and and nick and maybe a couple other people right but like most of the time like people don't know anything about it unless they're already doing it mm. well there you go nick is for hire if anyone wants to but i think Corey and a few other cats have got a bit you know reach out he's he's actually tough to like bring on board yeah he's he like is a hot commodity i guess <laughs> well that's good yeah. hey um cory we're running out of time one last thing i want to ask you and it's totally in a different direction but not really but where has the internet youtube rabbit hole taken you lately like where have you been watching something and you've just ended up somewhere else and be like what the hell am i doing here <laughs> uh man i don't know uh, <laughs> i don't know i guess uh sometimes i like i found myself watching some like they're called like gotcha life mini movies or something hmm. and uh and i started realizing like this connection of 
like, you know, AFMAO, right? So I started seeing, like, she's like the biggest, like, at least female demographic Minecraft YouTuber. Right. Like, she makes tons of views. And I started noticing this connection between her videos and, like, these Gotcha Life mini movies, which are totally made by, like, like really young girls, like maybe eight year old girls on their phone creating videos. And it's like my boy, don't even look it up. It's like the weirdest stuff I've ever seen in my life. I was like, how did I get here? Like, (laughs) like, and so like, but it's just like these like weird, it's even, it's so hard to explain. It's like, uh, I I couldn't even come up with a title. Uh, let me think. There's one that's like, uh, I don't know. Some guy has like the Midas touch and he turns a girl to gold or like, or like, uh, the other girl, like jealousy type stuff, like, like high school drama type stuff. And I started noticing like the most popular ones, like they're like all these like female demographic, like Minecraft YouTubers totally like just take these eight year old girls titles and thumbnails and put them in Minecraft and make more views off them. So that's what I ended up finding when I went down the rabbit hole. That, yeah, I, I, I don't even understand, but I think that's the weird and wonderful place that we live in, right? I don't know what gotcha life is. I'm like, I'm 26 years old. I'm not like playing like mobile apps on my phone, but like, I don't know if it's something that people do, but, uh, but yeah, it was like that, that you asked the question. So I answered it. That's, that was... Hey man, I'm down with that. I, I, I love it. It's just like, it, it just reveals the weird and wonderful, like niche content that people are like diving into. Um, and it also has got me look, yeah, looking it up right too. now and I'm like, all right, yeah. uh, let's, 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 <laughs> let's find, let's find out what this is. And- so I like, I like, that's basically like reverse engineering, right? Like when it comes to when you're trying to figure out where something came from, where did, like you look at a video that's at 10 million views, guess what? They probably weren't the first person to come up with that idea. So you search like some of the search terms in that title. And then you'd like filter, like use the YouTube filter view count, maybe this month or something like, oh, there's another like 8 million view one that happened two weeks earlier and maybe do a little more digging. And there was something that inspired that. And then you can like kind of find where the origins of all these like, like you're like, why is, why is bees trending? What's going on with bees? Like, and then you figure it out like you. So that's like, I mean, I guess that's, that's a pro tip. Like if you're trying to figure out like how to trend jack something and where did it come from? Just like search it, just reverse engineer, go all the way back. I like that. Go down the reverse engineer rabbit hole of whatever's trending and, and go nuts. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, um, well, you've dangled the carrot for the gutcha life thing for, for future as well, Corey, but we've got to wrap it up. But thanks so much for hanging out with us, mate. It's been um, infinitely inter- interesting. Um, look out for the for the next twenty channels to come out in the next six weeks. I actually have I actually have five on deck for the summer, so we'll see. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, awesome. Thanks, mate. Right. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Create the generation. Look on the mic.